Welcome back to Operator Syndrome. I'm Patrick here with Steve as always, and uh, we're in the middle of Ranger School. Uh, but before we get started, before I talk about Ranger rucksacks, Steve has has got something. Well, that was a perfect segue because it's about rucking. Mm -hmm. uh, so in my in my new and approved attempt to de-jargonize some stuff, when we when we talk about rucking, we're talking about walking, patrolling with with a heavy what's called a rucksack, it's like a backpack yeah. and gear. Um, so I realized, you know, these things just flow off our tongues. And many of you, if you're familiar with military parlance, you'll know rucking is walking at a brisk pace, usually with a lot of weight. And it's, it's also called something else. Sometimes we'll call humping it or hump it, mm -hmm. which has a different connotation too altogether, but we're not, you know, to hump it means to, to just haul ass with a ruck and grind it out and get to the target. You know, that's kind of generic for that too. I think, I think the Marines call it hiking, which is uh, hiking doesn't, I think so. Just doesn't carry the same. It doesn't. Feet. So any Marines, if you're listening, clarify, clarify. There we go. But uh, I'm pretty sure they call it hiking, which is just weird. Um, <laughs> so, okay. Back, so about rucks. So the interesting thing about, and I, I'm still in the first phase here my second second go at the first phase so the interesting thing about the rucks is that so for your timed event during rap week the the 12 miles in three hours yeah um, that's like mm -hmm. a 35 40 pound ruck you it actually gets weighed and, it, and usually it's not a problem for it being overweight usually people try to try to try to uh cut some weight off and they end up under somehow yeah. usually it's because of water They'll yeah. weigh, so usually they'll say, okay, 35 pounds dry, which means before you add on like right. your four, four quart, four quarts of water or whatever. So, so the thing about the rucks, when you're patrolling, when you're actually doing the FTX's field, field exercises is that they're, nobody's weighing them, but they're heavy. They're very, very heavy. Um, so you're walking out in the woods, you sleep outside, you don't have tents. You, you just you just sleep in like your 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 bivy sack so if anyone's not a camper it's like you've got like sort of like an impermeable layer kind of and you got like uh, a soft sleeping bag system and you got all kinds of stuff and gear you also have water food that you're carrying out and then you have ammo ammo and ammo is how they get you <laughs> one of the ways they get you so again, this is a combat leadership, like there are administrative pieces to being a combat leader. So when you're in your patrol base setting up for the next day, um, you request ammo from, from higher up and, and on paper, like you would say, okay, I need there as with everything in the military, there's like a standard for what you need when you go out. They, there's a standard for how many rounds each rifleman should have, uh, machine gunner should have. Uh, there's a there's a number there's a set number that you ask for and so what happens is in the morning as you're as you're in your patrol base doing patrol base activities you get resupplied with water and food and ammo well one of the things we kept seeing was every day we would get an entire combat load of ammo even if we didn't request it so if we uh -huh. did so if you did a reconnaissance the day before oh yeah how much did you shoot in a reconnaissance ideally a successful one? None. 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 Everyone hear that? None. You do a reconnaissance mission, you shouldn't be shooting anything because you're just sneaking and looking and taking notes and whatever. You shouldn't be shooting. Okay. 
the next day morning, oh, good morning, Ranger students. Uh, here's a full squad combat load of ammo. You're like, well, we have. A we already have combat. one of those. Here's a, an additional full combat load of ammo. And so oh, it, it got to the, now, I think at the beginning, at the beginning, you don't quite catch on. And, and again, like, even though you're in a squad of 15 people, if you're a rifleman, if you're not planning, like, you're just kind of existing, to be quite honest. Because again, yeah. you're not eating, you're not really eating, and I'll talk about that a little bit more later, and you're not sleeping. You're really not sleeping when you're out in the other yeah. text. So you'll get, someone will come by in the morning and hand you a full combat load of ammo. And you'll be like, dude, what the heck? Why do they keep asking for ammo? Just tell them that we have the ammo we need for today's mission. And mm -hmm. So you get kind of come to find out. It's like, it didn't matter what we, what we asked for, what we said we had on hand. We were getting a full combat load of ammo. And so, um, and so eventually, like as we matured, we'd figure out like, okay, when we get in contact, like when we get to shoot, we really need to shoot. Yeah. Like, and that was, that was the idea. So people would be like, Hey, give me the two, give me the two, give me the machine gun today. Cause yeah. when we do this ambush, I'm just going to go like hog wild, like just yeah. go full cyclic trigger back, you know, da, 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 just hold it for as long as you can to try to get rid of some of the weight. And oh, like, yeah. and guys will do, and you can get, you can get in trouble for this. Guys would be like, take some of the belt. Like no one's looking, try to toss it. <laughs> <laughs> like the ammo was a big problem for us it yeah. was a huge problem and, and the weight became unbelievable heavy, you know, heavy, you know heavy. one of the guys that I, that I was in my squad that I got close to was a marine scout sniper and like for anyone who knows anything about people who who properly do like reconnaissance scouting missions like mm -hmm. those guys, they're they're known for having really heavy weight right and so when we first started out he'd do the marine thing and he'd say hey I've had I've had way heavier rucks than this you know doing you know doing my scout sniper thing I'm like okay okay but eventually he was like yeah okay we've we've gone to something <laughs> we're doing something new here like this is unbelievable the amount of weight um like the weight is not some it's not something like you could pick up your high school backpack and throw it yeah. on your back it, it gets okay. heavy to the point where yeah you you have to lay it back on the ground you have to lean back right. and you strap into strap it, it in and roll over and then roll over and get up or you have two guys like he or you have people back. help you but yeah. um but again tired like it, it becomes a, like when everyone has a ruck like that and by the way you've been doing this for like 60 days like that's not you're doing it just by yourself so you're just like this skeleton at the end just yeah. like strap it into this like definitely over 100 pounds how much did it weigh don't know they didn't weigh it they didn't care to weigh it they didn't care if it was a heavy, lot of weight you know but it was unbelievable amounts of weight so <laughs> you guys spread out one of the things we used to do, mm -hmm. uh, we would spread out the belt-fed ammo among patrol members, not make just the, well, see, we, we carried it as a single belt-fed, mm -hmm. your crew serve guys, your three-man three, three fire team. Would they have to carry all of the belt-fed or would they spread it we out? Would. So we would cross-load, we would cross-load okay. ammo, and that's one of the, and that becomes one of those things. You're mm -hmm. tired, you're hungry, you're cranky, Right. And then some guy comes along and says, Hey, take an, take another belt of seven, six, two yeah. ammo. And you're like, I'm not taking this. I'm full. Like, look at my ruck. I can't put anything else in here. And right. And like, people get upset. People yell at each other. Like, Hey, you need to take some more. Everyone's taking some more. You need to take some more. And it comes back to one of the great things about Ranger school is it shows your true colors. They're yeah, like, yeah. you know, it, it's one of those things. And, and this, and this is where it comes back to peers. You know, there are not a lot 
there are not a lot of schools where you're miserable for long enough to where it surfaces the type of person you are. There are plenty of people who are, who are physical specimens that can pass rap week and then they just turn into absolute um, turds yeah. out in the field when it counts. It's right. Like, congratulations. Right. You can physically do the things. Maybe you were first in an obstacle for this or that. But like when it's when someone came by and said, hey, you need to carry more 762 and then you threw a hissy fit about it. Everyone's uh. paying attention to that. And and you'll get peered. You'll get you'll get peered out of the, out of that phase for that. So, yeah. But yeah, we did. We did cross load and it becomes a point of contention. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, that was Darby. Um, and of course, that that lasted all the way through the, 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 the heaviness of the ruck. So that was Darby. And then you go to so I finally I passed. Thank goodness I get to leave Fort Benning finally because, by the way, I'm stationed there. So like, finally, I get to go somewhere new. Go up to Dahlonega. That's a bus ride. You mm-hmm. go up there. Everyone's passed out asleep. It's one of the few times you get to sleep. Um, so you get up to Dahlonega. They brief you when you first come in. Like one of the interesting they do for like shock value is they show you a, a topographic map of where you just were, the Darby phase. And like you've got the contour line. So people, a lot of people nowadays haven't seen a topographic map, but a topographic map shows you like the relief features and elevate like changes in elevation. And you can yeah. actually sort of discern terrain features based right. on these lines that are on a map. And I think, what is it, 10 meters between lines or something? I like think that? that's about or right. Some consistent like length. So, you know, the closer lines are together, the more steep. The more steep. The yeah, yeah. The wider apart they are, the more, you know, gradual sloping or flat it is. So one of the things they do in that first brief when you got to mountain phase is they, they were, they're talking, they show you a map of where you've been and you recognize it because you've been, you've been uh, planning and operating on that map. So you're like, okay, that's Darby. And then they cut to the, the map of where you are currently. And the lines are just like oh. right up on top of each other. And there's like an audible, like, whoa, like yeah. everyone was just, oh, holy crap. Like, where are we? And Northern Georgia is quite mountainous. It, it's very mountainous. Um, so it's, a, uh, it's part of the Appalachian chain, isn't it? I think. Yeah, I, I think that's like, that's where it starts, basically. Yeah, is yeah. in Northern Georgia. And then so the, yeah. the Appalachian Trail starts there because you actually, yeah, the different parts of your, your field exercise, you're actually walking like literally on the Appalachian Trail uh, yeah, for short for sort of short parts of it it's a beautiful place i it was gorgeous yeah i i later on was in that area and it was beautiful not in maybe not beautiful when you were there (laughs) so um so yeah so again like just like the other phase you get there and there's some training that happens first one of the things that mountain phase is famous for is the rappelling training you do and the climbing training you do so right there on the camp they're at the camp. There's like this sheer, like, I don't know, is it granite? Whatever it is. There's a sheer wall. It's probably like, I don't know, tens. I can't. Again, disclaimer for all my stories is that this was 2006 and I was very sleepy and hungry. So <laughs> take everything I say with a grain of salt. But it was like, I don't know, maybe like a six, six story high granite, like sheer face. And then you do like repel, you do like repelling mm-hmm. and you have to repel by yourself and you have to repel like with somebody connected to you like yeah. to, to replicate if you were like repelling with an injured person. Yeah. Um, people get kicked out and recycled for knots. Knot tying is like a big thing in the middle oh, phase. Yeah, yeah. So you have to show that you can, you can appropriately tie the right type of knots mm-hmm. and that you, you know how to do them and that you're not a safety risk. So that's a part up front. 
Um, another interesting thing I wanted to mention about mountains is like the food. So the mountain phase of ranger school at my time was famous for blueberry pancakes. So when you were in, so when you were, when you were there doing that, the training stuff, you got to eat in that chow hall and like, you'd get so much food. And by the way, by now you've, you've probably been in it for a few weeks, right? So you're starting to get lean and you're doing a lot of walking and especially in mountains because the mountains are just going to break you off. They try to plump you up again a little bit yeah. before, you, before you hit your field exercises. So they've got, you get these huge breakfasts, yeah. like alt grits, eggs, cereal, uh, they, everything. All the good stuff that we can't eat anymore. And blue, yeah. And blueberry and blueberry <laughs> pancakes. Nice. What it's famous for. And like you eat everything. And, and yep. it's not like you're not limited on time necessarily. Um, you're not given all day. It's not a leisurely breakfast right. that you get to eat, but you get a lot of food and everyone's just like pounding down oh, all yeah. this food. You eat everything. Like before I went to ranger school, I had never tried grits. I always thought it looked <laughs> gross at ranger school. I, I found a new found appreciation for grits. So I eat grits today because of what happened to me in ranger school. Um, but anyways, but you know, talking about the food, like because it's so physically demanding the mountain phase, um, there's also an interesting thing that happens. So in terms of you only get to eat twice a day when you're doing, I think it's the whole way through, but I, but definitely during the field training exercises. And so, and you eat a standard MRE meal ready to eat. This is like camping food, basically. I think most people probably know what MRE is by now, but you get two of them. Now, what they do to you though, is oh. when you show up in your patrol base late at night, you eat. Right. By the way, you eat while you're pulling security. So like half of the people can eat and the other people can't. You can, can only cram so much. And by the way, you're falling asleep. So you're not really eating your whole meal. And then when you wake up the next morning. So this is only like four hours later, you eat your second MRE. Right. And this is all the way. So the rest of the, you know, someone do the math for me. 18 hours you don't eat. Right. And this is where they this is where they start to get you. So you like you eat in like within like a four or five hour window, your two MREs, and then you eat nothing the rest of the day, except yeah. at mountain phase, when you're on your FTX, they let you do something called graze. So like, if you have like something left over from your MRE and you're doing a movement and you're walking in the woods and you're not like actively taking contact, if you're chewing on something, like they allow it because that's how many calories you're burning throughout the day. Um, now, if you're in Darby phase, the first phase or the third phase and they catch you eating you get kicked out you, you you'll fail that that phase right there and then so that's like an interesting thing about the mountain phase is that it's so physically punishing yeah that they thought that they relax the rule a little bit you don't get more food but while you're at the ftx but they yeah. let you graze during the day every calorie counts so as a as an example of like where the mountains broke me off um there's one thing i, I remember specifically so there are some days and people, enough people have gone to ranger school that you hear stories about specific days and specific movements um, that are especially like uh, difficult. And uh, one of the days is you go up the, um, they call it the TVD, Tennessee Valley Divide. There's this very specific place where you're like just going, it feels like you're going straight up. Mm. Um, and smart people know or, or get a sense of when that day is coming. And they probably become riflemen. They probably don't become RTOs carrying a radio, radio. or like a machine gunner. Right. Well, PFC me, oh, dummy, yeah. is not paying attention. I'm tired, whatever. And on the TVD day, 
I get stuck with a forward observer. So I'm carrying a radio that day. And um, so in addition to carrying rounds, in addition to carrying my stuff, I've got a radio in my backpack and extra batteries. And um, so I have one, I, I think the radios are probably heavier. The machine guns, at least you can put in front of you. Yeah. So like, you know, you Counter can sort of balance. balance yourself out. Like being, being the RTO or the FO, it's all on your back. All on your back. And then you got a rifle. So I'm going to go so far as to say that I had probably one of two of the heaviest loads on the TVD day. And um, (laughs) so we do it, we go up, it's miserable, but like it was so painful that, that at one point, like my eyes just started like uncontrollably watering. Like I was crying. I wasn't crying. I wasn't emotionally sad or depressed. I was just in such physical distress that my body was just like 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 guys like just water coming out of my eyes and i was like ah, i'm wiping my <laughs> i'm wiping my eyes i'm just so broke off you yeah. know climbing up this steep thing with this crazy heavy ruck on um that's that's how difficult it is and i've heard and and i hear a lot of tough tough guys who are seals who are scout snipers and I, i've pretty heard consistently they'll be like yeah, I, I thought it was a joke up until I got to mountains. Like I was like, this yeah. is easy. This is nothing. But right. the mountain phase will break you off. Oh yeah. Oh, I don't doubt it. Yeah, so I don't the, doubt it. Because it's the hardest, some of the hardest stuff just to interject. Yeah. That we ever well, some of them way up there at the top of the list of hard was we did winter warfare. Um, and we had Oh, our rucks were from 90 to 100 pounds with snowshoes. And that was just misery. I mean, mm-hmm. absolute misery and weapons and amp. So, yeah, that, that's some of the most torturous stuff ever. But I'll, I'll, I always remember, I always remember that day. And I laughed a little bit. I, I laughed a little bit because I was just like, not because I just laughed because I was like, wow, I'm really, you know, people talk about those moments where you, where you mentally push back, push yeah. past something physically. Like you're, it, it is true. You're, you're, you can survive things your body gives up on or, or, totally. or says like, you've gone too far here. And that was like a moment where I was like, wow, like this, it, I've actually, there's a limit and I've actually pushed past this limit. I didn't stop walking. Like I kept walking. Um, I, I, I could keep, continue to walk. It was just like a very odd moment to me. Sort moment. of a very per- and, and everyone's so broke off at that point. Yeah. Like, especially during that movement there's no sense like you're not pretending to care about the op four who might be out there you're just trying to survive this time and like uh and like everyone's in their own personal hell and it was just like a very unique moment i was like okay here it is that was the limit my body says that that was the limit but we're we're still going and get to the top and you carry on man i had a friend this is i'd never heard anybody explain it that way i had a buddy when i was in graduate school who I, i talked into running a marathon with me um in los angeles and he had never run he he had never really run at all but certainly not a long distance runner and i mean i got a phd in long distance running by this time and i said no we'll just it'll we'll train for it it'll take us a couple months we'll be good well that was me saying that and the guy who's not a runner but anyway cutting to the chase here to your point we did we did the first 18 miler because we needed to do an 18 miler and then I think a 22 miler and then we were ready. We were ready for the marathon. 
and uh, he I, I was pushing him because I wanted him to I, I was pushing him the whole way probably a little bit too much so and we were we were at like mile 16 17 that's usually been getting close to where you hear what's called hitting the wall quote unquote and your body just stops doing things it, it starts shutting down breaker switches on your internal and uh he he, he just started profusely tears were coming out but he was like i don't know what's going on i'm not crying but it there was like he was it, there was a flood out of his eyes and it was like i've never seen anything like that i'm like no i know i can tell by your voice but <laughs> why why are the tears coming out of your eyes you're like my body's doing something weird but anyway that's that's the only other time i've heard of something like that yeah yeah you're trying to it's it is funny because there is like a little bit of like machismo where it's like you're looking around like <laughs> yeah. i swear i'm not crying I'm like i'm not crying about this yeah. like, I mean, it's okay right. so do you kick guys out of rangers for crying <laughs> So, um, and that, that was, you know, that was mountain, mountain phase. I, I think I, I, I got a first time go, like you get a couple opportunities. So, um, if you, you know, they cycle through everybody and they don't, by the way, they don't tell you if you passed your patrol or not, they don't, they, they're not supposed to tell you sometimes they'll drop hints, whatever. Some people play a pretty straight face. So, um, but I figured out that I passed my first patrol, so I was good to go. And then, of course, in mountain phase, you're doing platoon size operations. So you have a PL platoon leader, and then you have multiple squads. And so, so the PL and the squad leaders are graded positions. I don't know if platoon sergeant is a thing. I don't think it is. So, <clears throat> um, so yeah, first time go there, um, and then you go to Florida. So usually you jump into the Florida phase. It was too windy, so we ended up just flying in, and we were all so happy about that. Mm. Um, because again, especially that deep into the course, you just don't want to get hurt get doing hurt. something so stupid. And no, jumping no. into jumping into um, to the Florida phase is just like something you're not interested in doing. And by the <laughs> way, there are some there are some lucky folks who like uh, hadn't been to air. You don't have to have gone to airborne school to go to ranger school. You can be a we call it being a leg, and I think we talked about that yeah airborne school things so a leg is anyone who just hasn't gone who don't have the jump wings so yeah. <clears throat> so there's some folks who so even if they would have never had to jump anyways so we get to florida and i remember we we fly into eggland and we get out and by the way i, I went during the winter so i went during you know i'm, I'm there during the, the early part of the year in 2006 and uh we get out in florida you know the panhandle of florida and just like feel the the warmth rush, mm. like wash over us <laughs> oh yeah this is great. Like, we're so happy. We didn't have to jump. I just remember that's like, that's another great memory is when we're just sitting on the tarmac waiting to get picked up and it's warm and there are palm trees and you're in Florida phase and you're just like, it, that's, that was like a life great is good. Life's good. Life's good. We're making it. So, um, so let me look at my notes here. Um, so another thing about, I talked about digging. I talked about having to dig dig any yeah. and so one of the great things about the florida phase was that oh, sand sand yeah right? so we felt like we were spoiled well, like we do just, yeah <laughs> we we're just so ex we we're just so excited that we could just easily dig in and like especially it's getting it's getting later in the course and like guys are starting to get weird guys are really starting to get weird from being sleep deprived for that long yeah and it's 62 days if you go straight through people recycle things get things happen like 
guys start to get really weird towards the end. And I remember yeah. saying like some very complex, like fighting positions. So usually you dig like a shallow, basically like a body deep sort of, um, I don't know, like a sort of oblong size hole. And that's what you sleep in. And that's what you fight out of enough. So that way you can get down and yeah. shoot over it. Like a coffin but, size, like a coffin, we'll say coffin size. But then I saw because the sand was so easy to dig in, and these guys, and these guys, it's been so used to digging in, in clay, Georgia clay. Uh, like I remember, I remember one, actually the one where I was a PL, and I'll I'll loop back around and tell this story more cleanly in a second. But like they had built like something with like a seat in it, like they could go into it. it they dug like a proper like yeah. Vietnam style like like machine gun position, like with a shelf. That they, oh, they sat in and could look out into it. It, it got very weird. Um, I'll circle back real quick to talk about like, so again, you get to Florida phase and there's classes at first, right? And so some of the things you do up front, which are sort of famous things. So one thing is the reptile show. So one of your first days there, they do like a, a environmental acclimation thing. And they show you all the animals that can kill you yeah. um, while you're out there operating <laughs> out in their in their in their AO. So they've got like they've got like snakes and and alligators and all kinds of stuff that they show you. And it's supposed to like keep your attention. Um, but again, it's like another weird thing because everyone's so sleepy. Like oh. it doesn't matter that you caught some Z's on the plane. Like you just can't make up sleep with that type of deprivation. So yeah, yeah. the classroom setting, we're sitting in there, guys are like falling yeah, asleep. Not... <laughs> guys are like falling asleep. Like a guy's coming by with like a crocodile, like a baby <laughs> crocodile. And like the dude's like just asleep. <laughs> it's very weird. Um, uh, another thing you do during that time though is like the the um, the boats. You do like the boats and like the the the, the swamp crossing. Actually, mm -hmm. I don't know if that happens during the first. I think they do that. I don't think they do it as a mission during the FTX. I think they do that during that first week. I can't remember, but that's also like a famous thing that you do. So you actually get out like the rubber, like you play Navy SEAL for a day and you get yeah. out like the, the, the rubber boats and you get yep. your paddles and then you go like going down, you go down a river on, on paddles with your gear and you figure out how to do that and how to lift the boats how to put a machine gunner at the bow and all that type of yeah, stuff. Yeah. But, uh, but again, we're so sleepy. Like I barely remember it. I definitely remember that I had a paddle and I definitely remember that one of the jobs of someone was to keep the machine gunner awake <laughs> at the bow. Cause they would just fall, good. they would just fall asleep. Um, yeah. So, um, and, and the sleep thing, I guess I haven't talked that much about it. So if I take a half step back to mountain phase there, you know, the sleep, deprivation gets weird it gets to a point where um you lose track of time like you're really you're really deep into it um you lose track of time um there was we did one there's one movement you do in the mountain phase where i, I guess you're just sort of following them it's kind of like a forced march mm -hmm. so and a forced march is basically where like you're just you're you're not worried about security you know you have you know, you have relative security. You're trying to get someplace from one place to another, just hoofing it, just walking. And so the RIs lead you to a place where you're going to, where, the, where everybody congregates. And, um, it, it was, it was late at night and everyone's just walking. And I remember like walking. And if we stopped for a second, I kept falling asleep, standing. Oh, up. Yeah. Yep. I, I kept, I kept 
Like if we stopped, I couldn't yeah. keep myself awake. Yeah. And then someone would like hit me in the back of my head and I'd, yeah. I'd wake up and I'd be like staring straight at a tree. And then <laughs> they'd be like, hey, go, go. And I have to like look around to look for like the red lens right. lights. And then I'd like run up and um and there were there was specifically a time where like there was a, we call it a breaking contact where people it's always in ranger school it's because they fell asleep someone was walking and fell asleep while they were walking uh, again with the ruck with the who has a ruck so oh. you just fall asleep you know and um get it so, so this is the type of sleep deprivation and by the time you're like it, it it happens on you pretty quickly like you'll feel it in darby but by the time you're in mountains like it's it's really set in the, the and, and real yeah right so we're in we're in florida and um um i talked about just how things are getting weird guys are digging like weird you're having really weird conversations like, <laughs> i i would have i would have songs stuck in my head and i would sing them out loud like i'm not much of a singer but everyone just gets really weird it, it was nelly furtado <laughs> one remembers her like I, I would just have her song stuck in my head and i'd just be singing it to myself and the weird thing would be like if i were doing checks if i were going around the patrol base i'd walk by and then there would be some other guy on the opposite of the patrol base who'd be singing that song so like <laughs> the song stuck in my head like got to him or maybe it came the other way around but subliminal things are going on man all that to, that to say is the things are getting weird so for me um we do florida phase i do a couple missions i don't remember them at all second to last day now when you get to the, the last couple days and you get a patrol you're put in a leadership position it's either because you did such a great job they're trying to they're trying to put you in a position to help someone else get their go yeah. or or you're the person who needs to go and it's the last couple of days and you're in trouble so uh -huh. second to last day i get planning pl so that means and i'm like okay i definitely failed my other patrol and i think i might have had two I think I might have had. Two. I think this might have been my third, my third one. So I was like, "Wow, I'm in trouble." It's the second to last day, and mm -hmm. I got planning PL. So, um, like, once I figured out that I was like blade running basically, and I was about to fail, like it was, I just the gloves came off, and I was like, "I'm getting out of here." So, yeah. like, um, one of the interesting things is they let me choose choose who my squad leaders were and who different folks were. Actually, no, they choose the leadership positions, but you can choose who. Who, yeah. who the other roles are. Yeah, so who knows what? I would, so by that time, you know your squad pretty well. I was like, okay, my RTO and my FO are going to be the two company commanders, the two yeah. captains, the O4s. Like, right. you two are helping me plan this thing. Right. So I had a field artillery, field artillery captain nice. who was my FO, and I had an engineer captain who was my RTO. Yeah. And I was just like, and, I, and we all know what the game is. We don't need to say anything. And, um, they basically helped me, they basically helped me pass because I was the planning PL. Now, usually they don't put privates in that position just right. because I'm a PFC. What do I know about planning? Come to find out that they never, I guess the RIs never quite figured out who I was, like what group I was with. And I think they thought that I was just some sort of goofball infantry L lieutenant. Because uh. um, finally, because I, I do the planning mission and I, and I get through it. And finally, guys, like, what unit are you with? He just straight up asked me. I was like, I'm with 375, Sergeant. He's like, really? He's like, okay. Because when we had taken contact in that morning in the patrol base, like, again, my hair was on fire because I was like, I got to get out of here. So like, <laughs> we were taking contact in the patrol base. And instead of sitting back and like, and like trying to orchestrate it from behind, like a good officer is supposed to do, mm -hmm. like I'd run up 
to the to the fighting position <laughs> that was in contact and i dive in like i was going all out like gi joe oh. like dive into the fighting position to try to like orchestrate the fires and all that and finally the, the ri was like dude what unit are you in like, <laughs> we're private from 375 he's like oh, okay and he did that he's like okay he's like all right and now so, we know the rest of the story so yeah so they probably just thought i was like this like like i'm a private yeah. like of course i'm failing i'm failing some of these planning things so anyways yeah. um i plan the mission um we do that in the morning and then one thing i haven't talked about is you swap in the middle of the day by the way so you so the person who plans the mission isn't that's not the same leadership that executes the mission that night gotcha so they execute it they do a great job um and then um i find out i get my go and one of the and then one of the interesting things is that for an RI ranger instructor on their last walk, they call it the last walk. There are always rumors about like, oh, if it's an RI's last walk, he always gives out goes and he might give you like a Snickers or something like that, right? Uh -huh. Because nice. food, like food is such a commodity. Right. And yes. so um, that night we do the mission, we execute it and it is my RI's last walk. Now I like to think that I did a great job right? <laughs> delegating to the captains, sure. dele delegating to the to the company commanders to execute to help me plan the mission and then we did it um but maybe it was just because it was last it was just because it was last walk but so we're we're out there in the middle of nowhere and he's got like hot dogs to grill up and like nice. snickers can't seriously it's oh, a real boy. thing the last walk was a real thing for me at least so was, uh, then i knew i was good i was like yeah, right regardless sure. it's this guy's last walk he's giving us hot dogs of course i got my show sure. yeah you know what sure. i mean good so, feeling and that was a great feeling. And so the next day was like the last day and we're closing up here. The next day was the last day. And it was like a company assault on an airfield. Um, and I haven't even talked about Santa Rosa Island, but I barely remember that because I was, I was sleeping most of it. Um, but, but we, we do this company uh, assault on it. And I, I just remember like that being a great day. It was, it was bright. It was sunny out. It was like, I wasn't in a leadership position. I was trying to hold up my end. I think I was like a machine gunner or something. But uh, I just remember that feeling of like, because we did that objective where we basically just ran across this airfield. Like we're so, we're all so sleepy and out of it. And then yeah. they're like, all right, you're done. And, and we're done not because we're not going to another patrol base. They're like, all right, yeah. here's some buses, get on the bus, and you know, you're done. So it's a kind of, do you find that, because it's kind of like the graduation at Buds, just underwhelmingly, uh anticlimactic you've been like right on the precipice i mean you feel good but it's just like what was that i you know for for rip for rip i definitely it felt anticlimactic it not so much anticlimactic as it was like i just the foreboding that came with yeah. showing up to the company oh, right. but with ranger school i was going back to the people that i knew i knew that i had passed a, a big milestone in, in a ranger's career and my life should be a little bit better. And mm -hmm. uh, I, so I was riding pretty high yeah. after graduation and coming back. Um, some, some, actually some, some bad things happened while I was away at school and while my platoon was out in Afghanistan. When we, when we picked back up with that story, yeah. I'll talk more about that. But, uh, but for that moment, I was just like, I was just like, yeah. whoa, like, whoa dude, I just got my Ranger tab. Like, dude, that's huge. And that adds, answers a lot of my, um, well, I don't know if they're questions, but just I had always heard this and that and the other about ranger school. And it was always the two things 
I remember was hungry and tired, sleep deprived. We're in and humping, but that, that contributed to both of those. Yeah. But uh, that that's now I see it. Yeah, I see it clearly. <laughs> you know, it was uh, it was an interesting time. I'm I'm glad to have done it. Um, I'm I'm glad to have graduated. Um, and uh, and yeah, I mean, it it it, it was. You know, it's it one of those rare times in the military where something lives up to what you thought it was. Ranger School did that for me, 100%. Well, as, as we say, hoo-yah to Patrick, he made it. <laughs> I made it. And then we'll go. So, um, so in the next one, I think we're going to talk about that book um, yeah. we've been talking about. And then we'll pick back up with the story and we'll talk about what happened after Ranger School. So um, thanks, everyone, for listening. We'll catch you in the next one. Bye. Ciao.